So this morning we're going to be dealing with the Lord's Prayer. How many times do you think you've prayed that prayer or heard that prayer? Hundreds? Thousands? It'd be hard to really count those, right? You know, we, we pray that on a regular basis here at Abundant Life as well as just about all churches in some form. We hear that at funeral services, memorial services. We might use that in our private prayers as well. I remember uh, back over 50 years ago, I was in vacation Bible school at the Lutheran Church in Park Ridge, Illinois, and uh, we had projects and crafts. And uh, I don't know where this project or craft is. I think we lost it in the flood, but it was a pillow that was about one foot by two feet. It was uh, a cushion inside, had to do a little bit of sewing, and uh, there were praying hands on it that I traced and colored with crayons. And then in crayons, I stenciled these words, thy will be done. Thy will be done. Now this morning, the prayer that we're looking at, the model prayer, is a rendition of the prayer that Jesus gave. And I think Jesus gave it on more than just a couple occasions. We have a comparison that hopefully will work out. We have Matthew's account, which is the one that we usually pray. And then we have the Luke account. Got Luke over here. But let's look at the Matthew one. Uh, you know, where it's, it's more extensive. And it has, your will be done. And uh, uh, then at the end, too, uh, which has been added, and some of the oldest manuscripts don't have that, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. But the one in Matthew is the one in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is giving these great teachings. And uh, this happens there. And then we have the Luke account, which is not in that same context. And uh, his disciples are saying, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, you know, we, we've seen you pray to God in different times, and, uh, but, you know, teach us, give us a model, give us uh, some type of structure to pray to God. And that's what it really is. You know, we can pray that, but when you think about those different petitions, those different phrases, uh, it, it's quite a prayer filled with a lot of different aspects about who God is and how to best connect with God. That idea, Ruth, just do it, you know, uh, I can think about a lot of things, you can think about a lot of things, but it's actually kind of putting them into practice. And prayer does take a lot of practice. And, uh, uh, you know, trying to understand the mystery of God, the greatness of God, and uh, God's plan for the world, but God's plan for our individual lives, uh, when you ponder about that, it's, it's mind-boggling. A friend of mine, uh, Anglican priest over in England, uh, wrote this in his book, uh, Pray Your Way, Your Personality and God. Prayer has everything to do with life and with every part of life. It has nothing to do with limiting us or making us feel guilty or inadequate or trapped. We must explode our narrow, falsely pious attitude to prayer to the realm of the ordinary. And these words of Jesus from John's Gospel, I have come so that you may have life and have it full, have it abundantly. So the context of this one in Luke, you know, as rabbis, uh, Jesus was a rabbi, uh, uh, the disciples, the learners were, were kind of modeling after their rabbi. And uh, as a good rabbi, you would try to help your students. And this Lord's Prayer, especially the Matthew account, is one that's prayed, as I mentioned, often in uh, different contexts. Yesterday, uh, I mentioned about the fly flowers given in memory and, 
of Irene, and uh, at the graveside, uh, we pray the Lord's Prayer. And uh, you know how it goes where, you know, we say in the Reformed tradition, debts and debtors and trespasses, and that throws me off at times. And I'm from a Lutheran background, which used trespasses. And, uh, uh, but just different, different forms of the same type of prayer. But Jesus also, in Luke's account, gives a parable. He gives kind of a strange parable of a friend going to another friend at midnight uh, asking for food for uh, someone that has come to be with them. And it seems rather strange, and and really the main idea is the persistence of really being persistent with what we pray for. Not that we always get what we pray for, but to be in line with what God wants. Maybe you've heard this story before, and uh, uh, a man named Jack was walking along a steep cliff. One day, when he accidentally got too close to the edge, he fell. He grabbed for a branch, which temporarily stopped his fall. He looked down and to his horror saw that the canyon below was straight down more than 1,000 feet. You know, try to visualize that, that's scary. Even 100 feet would be a, a great amount. He looked down and he felt that he couldn't hand on to, hang on to the branch forever. And there was no way out for him. So Jack began yelling and yelling, is there anybody there that can help me? Help, help, is there anyone up there that can help me? He yelled for hours, but no one heard. Jack, Jack, can you hear me? Yes, yes I can. I'm down here, I can see you Jack. All right, yes, but who are you? And where are you? I am the Lord Jack, I'm everywhere. The Lord, you mean God? That's me. God, please help me. I promise if I, you get me down from here, I'll stop sinning, I'll stop doing this, that. Just follow what you want me to do. I'll do anything, God. But then there was a response back. Just let go of the branch. And then Jack said, is there anybody else up there that could help me? You know, so, but, but think about that. You know, think about our lives. And think about this morning where you're at and where I'm at. You know, how does this model prayer of what Jesus prayed and told the disciples, how does that impact your life and my life and millions of other people? Have you felt like Jack? We say we want to have God's will. We pray that, but do we really want that? Sometimes it's too difficult, too risky, and not what we want. But let's look at the different petitions of the prayer. Father and holiness. The disciples of the day are asking Jesus to teach them to pray. In the Gospels, uh, we hear Jesus praying often. And let me just give a few examples. Jesus' first appearance as an adult in the River Jordan. As the dove, the Holy Spirit descends on him. He's, he's praying. In reference of Jesus withdrawing to a lonely place. And he goes out to the mountainside to pray. And he prays all night. And then Jesus praying in the garden. We don't have the specific words that Jesus used in the prayer. Maybe in the garden, that's the only one where he's praying, thy will be done. Otherwise, we really don't know specifically what Jesus prayed to God the Father. Jesus speaks of his Father, God. And that word translated uh, really means daddy. And you think about daddy, especially if there's a good relationship, you know, where there's that intimacy, that that closeness, that love that's between uh, son or daughter and father. 
a special bond between the Almighty and human beings. And Jesus wants to list that. Jesus wants to enlist that into his disciples' lives. But then we have that parable that I mentioned, but we also have that persistence. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Ask, seek, knock. Persistence, really wanting something. These last days have been really hot, right? Going through a lot of water, we have at the Larkin household, and uh, you know, really wanting to stay hydrated. And it makes me think of that deer in the Psalms where the deer is panting for water and really wanting water. Do we really want what we pray for? You know, and sometimes, as Ruth had mentioned to the young friends, uh, we're, we're asking amiss. We're asking for things that really uh, are not best for us. We need to direct our thoughts and actions, what we think, what we say, uh, not to blaspheme God's name by any means, but to honor him, his holiness, that God is a God that's holy and just and loves us greatly. But how about God's kingdom, too? It's not your kingdom, it's not my kingdom, but it's God's kingdom that we pray for. Wanting the God's kingdom to take forefront, not only now, but into the future. There's sin in the world, and in our own lives, sickness, separation, among other experiences which exist in this imperfect world. But God seeks to have his kingdom present now as well as into the future. Scripture declares that the kingdom of God is within. You know, within these young friends, right? But also within us. And sometimes we neglect that. We, we forget that, okay, God, you just seem way out there. But then at the end of this teaching on prayer, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will empower you. And friends, that's what we need, not only as individuals, as a church, uh, as a community, as a nation, even beyond to the world. We need to know that power, that, that spirit that gives peace, that spirit that gives empowerment of love, of forgiveness, and of grace. God's kingdom happening in your life and in my life in greater ways. There's a struggle between good and evil, what's right and what goes contrary to God's intended plan. But to have his kingdom worked out and realized in a greater sense, in a completed sense. That's why I miss like Vacation Bible School here. And uh, I was really glad to hear, Cheryl, uh, you and Caitlin and your neighbor going. And, uh, you know, how that experience can have a, really a positive impact on, on kids as well as adults in a larger scope. It's more than just adding members to a church, but uh, really where people experience the living God in their lives in greater ways. But how about our needs, including food, spiritual food, forgiveness, temptations, you know, grouping those all together. Goes beyond the physical food, but it covers what's important in life. Uh, you think about the Old Testament. Think about the uh, people of Israel. The manna, remember that? The manna, how often did the manna come? And the quail? Every day, every morning, Right? They tried to stock things up that didn't work out too well. And uh, how sometimes we want to stock things up. We want to kind of get things in our portfolio. And not to say that's not important, but things that are really lasting. You know, uh, all that we have is today. We don't know tomorrow. And so much time we, we spend on the future instead of living in the present day. That God is there. That God we can trust. That God will supply our needs, not our wants, in the ways that are necessary. But think about that, the, the prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, 
uh, I haven't really wanted for food too often. I know during college days in seminary, it was eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but, you know, I survived. Uh, but there are millions of people that uh, uh, having food daily, having clean water, that that's, that's a problem. That that's, you know, like the basic needs. You think of Maslow, Abraham Maslow, in the hierarchy of, remember? Some of you remember? The basic thing is, is food, shelter, right? Before you get to belonging, before self-actualization up there, you've got to have the basics there. If you don't have the basics, there's going to be an anxiety in your life. And, uh, uh, but many people go without that food that we just think for granted. But, but think of food as the things that we really need in life. Dr. William Barclay said, God will always answer our prayers, but he will answer them in his way. And his way will be the way that's perfect in wisdom and perfect love. Often if he answers our prayers as if the moment desired it would be the worst thing possible for us. For in our ignorance, we often ask for gifts which would be our ruin. God will answer in wisdom and in love. The Lord is telling us to persist in prayer. He is telling us never to be discouraged in prayer. Clearly therein lies the test of our sincerity. Do we really want a thing? is a thing such that will bring it repeatedly into the presence of God that would be honor to God. Think more about that prayer. Then remember what goes on next? What goes after that in Luke's? You didn't think there would be a quiz, did you? I won't go out there. What comes next? Well, okay, we're looking at Luke 1. Okay, what comes next? Forgiveness, right? Forgive others, forgive us first, God, but help us to forgive others. You know, again, that Luke prayer is not the one that we, well, I don't know if it's all there, but uh, it is. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. What separates Christianity from many of the the religions is forgiveness. That uh, God, the creator, forgives us, but then we are to forgive others, including ourselves. And forgiveness might be the toughest thing. I don't know about you, especially if we feel wronged, especially if it doesn't seem fair. And, uh, but forgiveness, that God is saying, you know, that is critically important, to have that forgiveness. Uh, you know, John led us in that prayer of confession, and, uh, you know, that we need to confess ways that we've fallen short, that we haven't uh, done what God really wants in our lives, and to ask for his forgiveness, and also be forgiving people. Now, there's things that happen in life and in the world that are are really puzzling and that really stretch that idea of forgiveness. And and Jesus says you are to forgive 70 times 7, which means just over and over again. Think about Jesus on the cross. What were some of the words? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You know, forgiveness is a key. Ask, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. There's a prayer that was on the body of a Confederate soldier, uh, and uh, I, I really think it's an appropriate prayer. Don't know anything more. Don't know the soldier's name. It goes like this. I ask God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn humbly to obey. I ask God for health that I might do greater things. I was given infirmity that I might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of men and women. 
but I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing that I asked for, but everything I hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I, among men, am mostly blessed. Forgiveness, a key. Another word for forgiveness can be release, to let go, to surrender. That illustration of Jack holding on to the branch, uh, you know, that story, but of really letting go. You know, uh, sometimes, as I mentioned this before, you want to hold on to something, you're going to lose it. That's one of the paradoxes of life, but you have to kind of release that. And this prayer of the Lord's Prayer and Disciples' Prayer, you could really call it, really is one of release, of getting connected. Sometimes hurts uh, are so significant that forgiveness is rather hard to do. Sometimes easy. There's a story of a seminary professor who taught the Christian uh, graces of love, forgiveness, for 40 years until he retired. In his retirement years, he poured a new concrete driveway to his house. Finished, he went in to rest and get a glass of iced tea. Returning later to his proud achievement, he discovered that the neighborhood kids were pulling their, putting their footprints all in the wet concrete. The angry professor chased the kids down in rage and beat the tar out of some of them. I probably shouldn't have said that, but uh, hearing the commotion, the pre- professor's wife rushed into the yard, saw the angry professor who was yelling at the children, and began to reprimand him. What a shame, she said. For 40 years, you had taught love, forgiveness. And now look at you. You've lost your testimony, to which he replied, that's all in the abstract. This is in the concrete. Okay, okay, in the concrete. You know, uh, sometimes things are are so abstract, you know, uh, but God wants us to really, to know his love in greater ways. Just about done here, and, uh, but also temptation, dealing with temptation. That's a hard one, too. The gift of God not to go into temptation. Martin Luther, the reformer centuries ago, is alleged to have said this, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from nesting in it. You know, temptation when that comes. Jesus out in the wilderness, remember? He was tempted by the devil, three occasions, maybe more. He used scripture, and uh, he kind of deflected whatever the devil was doing. And we need to do that too. We need to kind of not be victims of whatever is happening, but allow God's spirit to take hold of our lives. Philip Yancey says in his book on prayer makes a difference. Uh, if we pray uh, requests, sometimes repeatedly, and then put ourselves in state to receive the result, we pray for what God really wants to give us, which may in turn be good gifts, or maybe the Holy Spirit, which is might almost all important. Like Peter, we pray for food and get a lesson in racism. Like Paul, we may pray for healing and get humility. We pray for release from prison and instead get strength to redeem the time while we're there. Asking, seeking, knocking does have an effect on God, as Jesus insists, but it also has a lasting effect on the person that asks. For we are God's workmanship, friends, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Prayer is often an opportunity to best connect with God. So, what Ruth was saying, you know, just do that. You know, sometimes prayer times are really shallow and they don't really seem to be a connectedness but keep praying keep hoping be open to God and the possibilities that are available for you and for me let us pray
God, I can go rambling on, but I know your spirit is powerful, goes beyond what we're able to even fathom, surpasses our knowledge, our understanding, and your love and grace. God, you want us to pray. You want us to have that connection with you. We thank you for Jesus, for his example, for his love, his sacrifice that he made for all, that we might know eternal life, but also the abundant life that Jesus lived while on this earth. God, it's hard sometimes, life. Things happen. Things about us, around us, within us, the communities, the world about. It's a troubled world, and our lives at times are troubled, Lord. We need you in the power of the resurrection. So help us to be your witnesses, God, but first of all, witness to your spirit alive in our lives. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For those that are able, please stand as we affirm together the Apostles' Creed. Saying together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.